We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. It is December 15th, and you know what that means. The unofficial start to trade season around the NBA. No, that doesn't mean that we're expecting anything major to happen today, but there are a bunch of different trade rumors, a lot of news that dropped, and so we want to break down all of that. Plus, we've got some fan questions and comments stemming from the last game against the Boston Celtics. I know, I know, painful memory, but we've got a bunch of questions and comments that we're going to get into as well from that one. So a lot of stuff to break down today. Joining me on the show is Sean Spaces Davis. Sean, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me back on. And uh, yeah, very painful uh, loss the other night to the Celtics, but glad to be back on and talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it was not uh, was not a fun one the way that all played out. But in any event, before we dive into all of the, the trade talks, make sure you guys are subscribing right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you're over on the podcast side, make sure that you do uh, give us that five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Great way to help out the show. Love going through and reading all of the comments about the LakersNation.com podcast. All right. Well, without further ado, we got a lot of information coming out on the trade front. So what I want to do is just kind of run through some of what's out there so we can start to kind of piece some things together. I will say this. We say this just about every year, that the Lakers tend to get connected to a lot of players. This year is not the exception. In fact, this year may be the extreme because we're in a situation right now where literally just about every player that's been rumored to be available on the market, the Lakers have been connected to in some way or another. I mean, on one hand, like you know, sometimes that stuff gets blown out of proportion. But on the other hand, I think it also means that the team's being real ag aggressive right now in trade talks, and they're going to do everything they can to try to get something done. So, Sean, at this point, I'm I'm fairly optimistic that something will actually happen here with the Lakers, that they'll get some sort of a trade done. The question is when are you feeling the same way? Like, do you think they're going to do something? Yeah, I think there's like scenarios where there's like so much smoke that like nothing's going to happen. Like it's just too obvious. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of those times where there's so much smoke, something has to happen. Um, it's got to be fire. It's got to be fire. Exactly. Um, and I think there's a problem. I think Chris Haynes, so it was like 80 kind of forced their hand with yeah. the level of play that he's been at basically since he's been fully healthy, recovered from that. Uh, sort of left back. So, I mean, sort of not left back, lower back. Um, but, yeah, man, AD being awesome has forced to hand the front office. And I do think something will happen, whether or not it's a huge trade or a smaller trade is to be determined. But I do think something's going to happen. 
All right, so let's let's get into what we have here so far. Um, from Eric Pincus uh, of Bleach Report, has said that the Lakers uh, would be interested in DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jakob Pertl, Evan Fournier, Cam Reddish, on and on and on. They're interested in just about everybody. The main goal for the Lakers that we've heard pretty consistent across uh, different platforms is that they would like to get three-point shooting. They would like to get some wing depth and size, which those are absolutely, in my mind, the things they should be targeting, perhaps even some center depth. You mentioned Chris Haynes. He did talk about that as well, that the Lakers could probably use another center. Not necessarily certain that Thomas Bryant can be that guy to eat up the bulk of the minutes behind Anthony Davis. Uh, speaking of the, of the minutes behind Anthony Davis, Wenyan Gabriel, uh, Chris Haynes did have some good news on this. Wenyan Gabriel, he said, on pace to return in the Lakers' next game. Their next game is coming up on Friday against the Denver Nuggets. So that would be nice to get Wenyan back. You know, I, I think that just to, to talk about Wenyan for a moment, I think that he's made a bigger impact than anybody expected this season. I'm not saying he's this integral piece that you simply can't win without, but he makes a difference when he's out there on the floor, particularly if, if for nothing else than just to have another big body that can provide energy and a bit more switchability than Thomas Bryant does. So, Sean, I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited that Wenyan Gabriel will be back in action. Yeah, I mean, heading into the season, Trevor, the one guy we were like, if you needed to free up free up a roster spot or, you know, had to be thrown as a filler contract in a trade, it was Wendy Gabriel. And now that guy is almost definitely not Wendy Gabriel. Wendy, it's been phenomenal for the Lakers this season. And in about 12 minutes per game, I don't have the stats right in front of me. But, you know, in the minutes he does get provided, uh, he provides the effort, the energy. He has really great chemistry with Russell Westbrook, although Russell Westbrook and and bigs in general that can be a lob threat typically work out well. Um, so, yeah, Wendy's been awesome. And um, seeing some pairings with him and Anthony Davis, although he's not a true center, it does allow AD to be a little bit more versatile defensively. Yeah, yeah, and just providing a little bit of help on the glass, which was certainly a problem for the Lakers uh, the other day against the Celtics. But uh, according to Pinkus, Westbrook, Nunn, and Beverly wouldn't necessarily have value to other teams. Instead, they're expiring contracts. Their teams aren't trading for them. For their play on the floor. Now that's now none in Beverly. That's not a surprise. Uh, in fact, sticking with uh, with Beverly, we had uh, Jake Fisher had that. Should Patrick Beverly get traded somewhere, like say uh, to Detroit uh, in a Boyan Bogdanovich deal, and then waived, he has a desire to return to Minnesota. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I'll jump back to Pinkus in a moment, but I thought that was interesting that it's already out there that if Pat gets traded and he gets waived, he already knows where he wants to go. Like that makes me wonder if there's a little something there that maybe is already brewing behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, he, if you weren't going to get traded or if you didn't have an idea that you're going to leave, you wouldn't start. Like, that's like something you start planning. Like, okay, I'm about to get a big time job opportunity in this city. Let me mm -hmm. start looking for a new house there. Like you yep. don't do that unless you know something or at least you think there's a high probability that something might happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one, Trevor. Um, so, but I, I guess big picture, Russell Westbrook, non Beverly, not having value to other teams as players. That was one of the question marks was, is Russ playing well enough this season? I think he has been better coming off the bench. Has he been playing well enough to where some other team would look at Russ and say, you know what? Russ is doing okay coming off the bench for the Lakers. Maybe he could do that for us. Maybe there's some value to getting Russell Westbrook and putting him on the basketball floor for us. Pinkus is saying that that's not necessarily the case. Um, to me, hearing that, though, makes it a lot less likely. I've seen the number out there. It's 50-50 chance Russell Westbrook gets traded. 
uh, to me, it makes it less likely that he gets traded. Because if you're the Lakers and you're trying to factor in value in a deal, um, essentially if the Lakers are going to move Russ and both of those future first-round picks, they're going to want uh, a championship player. Pink, Pink has also added that. They want championship-altering players if they're going to trade both their first, which most likely would necessitate a Russell Westbrook trade. But if you're trying to balance value in a trade, the Lakers have a guy who's giving them positive value right now on the floor in Russell Westbrook. Yes, he has his issues still. It's not all, always pretty, but he also has some real positive attributes that he's bringing to the team. Other teams aren't going to give them any credit for that. And to me, that's going to make it very difficult to find balance in a trade in terms of value because the Lakers are going to see Russell Westbrook's value as X and other teams are going to value it at Y. And those two things are never going to, going to intersect. And so that's going to create some problems in terms of getting a deal done. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think now a rush trade doesn't make too, too much sense. Um, not that Russ, um, not, not that you can't probably get, you know, decent contracts, decent depth back for Russ, but also it doesn't surprise me the point about Russ's value. Like Russ, the, the thing about Russ coming off the bench is like, I guess you could somewhat deal with the, vol the volatility of Russ's performances. Like there, there have been games where Russ has been just flat out amazing like mm -hmm. yes more of this but like let's not like there hasn't been like the, a decent dosage to love like the older russell westbrook like russ statistically at least he's shooting a career uh, not career low second lowest field goal percentage of his entire career worse since his rookie season by 0.5 percent um only average, i mean averaging 15 points per game off the bench like these are fine if he was making 17 million dollars like he was Lou Williams, sorry, like that's where you like, okay, cool, volatile six man of the year guy off the bench, not $47 million. Yeah. So, but I think the good pieces aren't good enough. Like when there's a night where LeBron has to miss out, you need another shot creator and a guy that can put pressure on the rim. Um, I still think Darwin's kind of like playing this pick and choose battle of when it's appropriate to play Russ in the clutch. Um, I did mine against Boston, but in overtime, Boston kind of just said, you know what? You're going to spate, you have Russ be in the corner as the floor mm -hmm. spacer. Cool. We're just going to have Luke Cornette guard and sag all the way off. And now you can't get the ball in the AD in the low post. So, um, yeah. And then Kendrick Nash has been flat out not good this year, which really, really sucks because I thought he was a guy that you could potentially retain in the next year using his early bird rights. But he just has not been good this year. Yeah, that was uh, that's certainly been unfortunate. Kendrick does not provide the kind of value that we were hoping he would this season compared to the player that he was two seasons ago. Um, you're right about Russell Westbrook opposing teams sagging off of him. We knew that would come, but we also hoped that Russ would not take the bait and take the 15-foot jumpers that teams were giving him. And unfortunately, against Boston, he, he did. Um, but nonetheless, uh, the, the Lakers, if the right opportunity comes along to move Russ, if it's a Vucevic and DeRozan deal, they, they will make that kind of a trade if that's there. But right now, the Bulls aren't ready to make that deal. And that's the, the challenge for a lot of teams right now is it, look, they, there's a lot of incentive for the Lakers to try to get a deal done now. But for a lot of other teams, there isn't. The trade deadline doesn't come up till February 9th. They've got plenty of time to work out a deal. So right now, the, like if you look around the league, what's the asking price? The asking price for Eric Gordon, first-round pick. The asking price for Sadiq Bey, first-round pick. Yaka Pertle, multiple first-round picks, right? Everybody's asking price is sky high because there's no reason to lower those right now. There, you don't have that pressure of the deadline there to get anything done. So that's going to be a challenge for the Lakers because it they have incentive to do something now and try to rise up the standings in a very compact Western Conference. 
and opposing teams that are actually moving talent, and there's not a lot of them, um, don't have a lot of incentive to sell low in their eyes at the moment. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of that uh, plays out. I do want to jump over to Chris Haynes here, who Chris Haynes had this. The Lakers called the Washington Wizards and inquired about Kyle Kuzma. Now, I just talked about value and how other teams right now are going to value their players at a high level. The response they got from the Wizards was that, oh, no, 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 no. Kyle Kuzma being an impending free agent, that's actually not a big deal at all, right? Because, well, from the Lakers' perspective, you want Kuzma being an impending free agent to be a big problem for the Wizards. You want the Wizards to not be comfortable with paying him on that next contract because that's going to then give them incentive to go ahead and move on from him. Instead, they got the response that the Wizards love Kyle Kuzma. They love him. They want to keep him. They think he's a great fit. And they will not trade him for cheap. And so the talks didn't go anywhere. Again, that's according to Chris Haynes. Some of this absolutely is posturing, but I also think Kyle Kuzma's just been playing well. And so getting him is, is just not going to be easy. I mean, he's one of my favorite targets, but he's also going to be a target for a lot of teams out there. Right, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. And when, when you bring up the Lakers being interested in Kuz, what's that Thanos quote from Endgame? Uh, you cannot the, I am inevitable. Oh, no, it's, uh, it yeah, leads you, you back to me. Failure. Yeah, it leads right. you right back to me. Yeah, like, oh man, like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, Trevor. When you said that the Wizards love him, they think he's a great fit. Like, a part of me just like is like burning on the inside of me. So, like, yeah, I, I would love Kyle Kuzma on my team as well. Um, Kuz feels like, if anything, like that's a final hour of the deadline yeah. type of move. Mm -hmm. The Wizards right now would ask for the entire kitchen sink for Kyle Kuzma, and rightfully so, the way he's played this year. Like, you're not – like, the Lakers right now might have to give up two first-round picks for Kyle Kuzma. Um, I mean, the fact that he is a, a free agent, though, coming up, like, that's – there's some there, – there's danger there, right? Because he's not going to do an extension, and so – yeah, he's going to hit free agency in the summer. Yeah. And in theory, somebody could come along and beat your offer or could tempt him with a different opportunity or something. So I don't know if he gets two first, but I mean, we're talking about at least right. and that's what I first, right? Right. And that's what I'm saying. At the deadline where I think you, to your point that you just made right there, Trevor, his value would start to drop a little bit because, mm. hey, he's going to opt out. You got to pay him over $20 million. He wants to be the big market. Trade now, you know, you don't want to lose a guy of his caliber. Whereas right now, Washington, Washington, excuse me, can still play the oh, everything's great. We're mm -hmm. gonna resign him. He's awesome. He's all all that Munjo jumbo or whatever, and get the most out of you. So, like, yeah, that's why I think Kuz would be a last you know, hour of the deadline type of move. It's similar with the Boyan Bogdanovich situation, right? The Detroit Pistons can say. We love Boyan. We signed him to an extension. We don't want to move him right now. We're not all that interested. But uh, if you want to submit an offer, go ahead. We'll kind of compile them over the next few weeks and sift through it, see if anybody gave us anything interesting. You know, um, it, it, I think the, the essential message that's out there is that if you want to try to get a deal done right now, you're probably going to have to overpay to do it. And I think Kyle Kuzma is a situation like that where you'd have to really impress the, the Wizards. Same thing with Bogdanovich and the Detroit Pistons. Um, the rumor is that the Lakers offered up a, and this was from uh, from Jake Fisher, the Lakers offered up a very heavily protected first round pick for Bogdanovich. So they're not trying to, um, they're not trying to get fleeced in a trade right now as nobody is, but 
again, this is going to be an interesting standoff. And this is why I don't think we see a deal done on the 15th here. Um, to stick with Haynes, though, before I get into Fisher and, and the rest, um, he added it. I don't agree with this. He said that he thinks the Lakers are more in on Evan Fournier than Cam Reddish, that their talks with the Knicks were more about potentially landing Evan Fournier. I I just don't think that's accurate. Um, I'm not saying that, that Haynes got incorrect information or anything. I Fournier as a player makes some sense, just not what he's been this year, but what he's been in the past. But the opportunity cost, I mean, Sean, if you're if you're bringing in Evan Fournier, that's over $18 million in salary on the books for next year. Is it he's not good enough to be worth giving up that much cap space for next year? At least that's that's my opinion. Am I off base on on my evaluation of him? No, and correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, excuse me. He'd be under contract next year and the year after that, correct? Or just next year? The season? year after, I believe is a it's a team option. And so that would almost certainly get declined. It's at like 19 million the, the year after. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think I, I do agree with you. And like, yeah, trading up the, the assets to get Evan Fournier. Where honestly, even like the production as high as probably isn't worth it plus the $18 million where you mm-hmm. are more than likely going to want to uh, use that money to bring back an Austin Reeves, a Lonnie Walker, <clears throat> even a Troy Brown Jr. who's been yeah. at times a really, really good fit. Um, now, again, like the archetype, Evan Fournier kind of makes some sense. Uh, a, a guy that can shoot shoot the heck out of the ball, actually, especially when he's at his best, not playing well at all this season, no. though shooting, what, 33% from three, 34% from the field. So you're trading, you're giving up potentially what a first-round pick for essentially what Duncan Robinson was to the Heat last year. If you don't understand that reference, Duncan Robinson was not in the rotation come March, and they're paying him, what, $90 million over five years or $80 million over five years? So yeah. that's essentially what you'd be getting for. Well, and we do have a bit more on this, this situation with Evan Fournier, and I think it – makes more again Haynes just put out there that he kind of felt like the Lakers were more talking Evan Fournier than Cam Reddish um I, I think this next bit though Michael Scotto from Hoops Hype said that it's unlikely that Cam Reddish this this has the ring of truth it's unlikely that Cam Reddish moves the needle enough for the Lakers to get them to take on Evan Fournier that the Knicks had engaged the Lakers had called up the Lakers wanting to sw- swap Evan Fournier for Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn, I think that has the ring of truth to it. That sounds like a franchise, the New York Knicks, trying to take advantage of perceived desperation on the part of the Lakers and get them to be so desperate to bring in any kind of any kind of shooting, even somebody that's not part of the rotation for the Knicks, that they will give up a lot of future salary in order to do it. In this case, two expiring contracts in Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn, then you're eating the next season of Evan Fournier and eating into all of that cap space. That has the ring of truth to it to me. The Knicks calling up the Lakers and saying, hey, what do you think about Evan Fournier for Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn? The Lakers not being interested in that. And then the Scoto finished up by saying that the Knicks and Lakers have talked about a framework of Fournier and Reddish for Beverly Nunn, a minimum salary. Um, But that Reddish by himself isn't enough to get the Lakers to take on Fournier's deal, that the Knicks would have to add draft compensation to that to get the Lakers to be interested. Holy cow. Rob Rob Polinka trying to get something from another team. Right? Draft is coming back? Like, 
But that's it. Like, if you're making a move right now to help LeBron and help Anthony Davis and help this team win in the moment, are they going to be super excited about draft capital coming back in a deal? No, but I'm not going to lie. As soon as you said draft capital, I was like, okay, now we're talking. <laughs> right, right. I mean, isn't that – like, Knicks fans won't agree, but if I'm the Lakers, if I'm taking on Evan Fournier, who's not playing for the Knicks, right, he's not in their rotation, I I would want compensation for, for destroying my cap space for next year. I would want some type of draft compensation. And Cam Reddish, as you know, he's got potential still, but he's a flyer at best right now. Yeah. The, the Knicks gave a first rounder for him a year ago. It's not a year ago anymore. Yeah. So I, I would want, if I'm the Lakers, I would want draft compensation. And this would not be the trade that's at the top of my list if I'm trying to improve this team to try to win right now. Right. And to your point about Evan Fournier, so the Knicks start off the year as one of the worst defensive teams in all of basketball by a large margin. Um, and basically, as soon as they cut Evan Fournier, a couple of the guys out of the rotation – They've been sneakily one of the better teams of basketball, one of the better defensive teams of basketball. Uh, this isn't a Knicks pod, but Thibodeau's doing a great job now that they are playing with guys like uh, like Miles McBride, Deuce McBride, uh, and I'm like Quentin Grimes more. Mm-hmm. And they're cut out Cam Reddish, who's awful on defense, and Evan Fournier, who is awful on defense, who's also not shooting the three ball well or just shooting it well in general. So. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. If everything else falls apart, you can't get your main targets. If you're the Lakers, you ultimately need wing depth. You need shooting. If the Knicks say Fournier and Reddish for Beverly, none, a minimum salary player, and we'll kick in, they've got a bunch of extra first, first, we'll kick in a protected first round pick. Knicks fans would not be thrilled. They don't want to give up anything in order to move on from Cam Reddish or uh, Fournier because they see him as, well, he's going to be an expiring contract next year, which is true. But if that was offered, would you, would you do that? You pick up an extra protected first round pick in, in exchange for eating that salary of Evan Fournier? If that's my last like offer, like I and I, you just like throwing everything up, saying, "Hey, LeBron, we did something." Like mm-hmm. here, you, here you go. I mean, Reddish and Fournier at least aren't point guards, right? They've you've already got enough of that. So there we go. I mean, like yeah, they do offer a little bit of size. Like Fournier six six, Reddish is six eight. Darvin Ham is, and I I was forget who I was talking to. Actually, it might have been Ron actually on uh, the last night's uh, play by play. 
And Ron made this excellent point. And he was like, the reason why he thinks Darwin is such a good coach already is because Darwin, unlike Frank, not saying Frank was a bad coach, Darwin has showed the ability already to kind of build a scheme and get the most out of the guys he has with them. Mm-hmm. Where Frank, it has to be, give me elite defenders, and I guarantee you, promise you, we'll have a top five defense. Darvin, like Lonnie Walker heading in, it was not, it's not, he still is not a great defender. Uh, a lot of guys on this roster, Jay Kendrick Nunn, not a good defender, Russell Westbrook, not a good defender. And to Darvin's credit, like Lonnie is, this is probably one of his better defensive years because he simplified it. And Lonnie does have to make a bunch of crazy rotations. He does mm-hmm. have to think as much defensively, um, which is why, like, you see a lot of kind of bland coverage just defensively, but it helps out the weaker defenders. While you could make an argument, it doesn't really help out a guy like an AD, not letting AD be as versatile as possible, but AD is AD, and he's great at pretty much everything defensively. Yes, yes, that's that's accurate. That is true, and um, it does make some sense why, why Darvin does things the way that, that he does. So maybe he would get more out of Cam Reddish, but – Here's the problem. Cam Reddish's contract is expiring. So even if Darwin does get things sure. to click with Cam, you got to pay him too this summer. So yeah. really, bye-bye cap space. Goodbye chasing anybody out there on the market. Maybe you can retain enough to keep Lonnie. You can use a mid-level exception. Maybe Arenas rule, Austin Reeves, and off you go. But if the Lakers are setting the bar at, we need whatever we do to bring us into championship contention, I don't think this does that. So yeah. th- this would be like my backup, 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 oh, no, everything else fell apart. Well, let's at least try to get a future first-round pick out of somebody <clears> or something like that. But let's get on to some, uh, some spicier stuff here. Uh, Jake Fisher said, the Lakers, like a lot of teams, are keeping an eye on the Bulls. You see, one of the problems with the market right now is so many teams are not sellers. So many teams see themselves as buyers because of the play-in tournament. They're looking at the situation saying, well, we're not that far out right now. We can wait a little bit longer before we decide to part with any talent before we make that decision that we're going to wave the white flag on the season. But teams are looking at the Bulls, who lost in overtime uh, last night to the Knicks, uh, to see if they decide to blow things up. And for the Lakers, Zach Levine is the dream scenario. L.A. guy, Zach Levine, he has four more years under contract, total of $166 million, uh, including this season, left under contract. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, that would be an interesting target here to go and get Zach Levine, LA guy, 27 years old. If the Lakers pull that off, even if it's both future first, if it's Russ, it's everything that's not nailed down. If they go get Zach Levine, I, I think Rob would get a lot of praise. If that were to happen, there would be a lot of people apologizing to Rob Palenka if he could pull something off to land Zach Levine, right? Yeah, I'm shaking my head because the Lakers just never learn. Like, they're just holding out just like this little tiny little that's, sliver that's of just, hope. It's like, so unlikely. Like, like, you said Zach Levine. I'm like, I love Zach Levine, the player. I think he'd be a really interesting fit. Even, like, mm-hmm. post LeBron next to AD, some Zach, Zach Levine, Anthony Davis-led squads could be fun in the purple and gold. But come on, man. Like, that's just yeah. so unlikely. And I could totally, totally see the Lakers holding out hope for like this off season, the bulls blow everything up mm-hmm. and you have that, you have an additional draft pick that becomes available in trade a you trade three, you, you add in that extra first round draft pick, you trade you, or you try to go get 
a Zach Levine from Chicago if you can. I could totally see the Lakers just like holding out until the offseason. And then Lord and behold, Trevor, it, it Chicago doesn't want to do it. So now you just wasted a season for hoping for this tiny smidge that uh Chicago's willing to trade Zach Levine that doesn't happen. So yeah. That's a that's a good point. Maybe this is more dangerous than anything else, right? I mean, like hoping to get Zach. Like, even if the Bulls decide to blow things up and rebuild, they would probably rebuild around Zach Levine. They wouldn't want to trade him away. And even if they did decide, hey, we are going to trade him, the Lakers can offer two unprotected future first, Russell Westbrook, some second round picks. That's their best offer, right? Uh, you can throw in Max Christie, I guess. If the Bulls just put out there, hey, this is the Lakers offer. Anybody want to beat this? I would imagine like 10 teams would put their hands up instantly. Um, so I, I just can't see a scenario where the Lakers actually wind up getting him. But the possibility, the slim possibility, could leave, leave the Lakers holding on to that lottery ticket and praying that somehow their number comes up and they can get him. And in the meanwhile, they neglect the opportunities that are sitting right in front of them. So maybe that, that name being out there is a little more dangerous than anything else. Uh, Fisher also noted, though, that the Westbrook for DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic option is more realistic, but the Bulls aren't at that point right now. The Bulls aren't looking at trading those guys at the moment, just maybe they get there by the trade deadline in February if they continue to lose. So that's, again, another issue for the Lakers. They'd rather get something done now, boost your team now so you can start moving up in the standings, but other teams might not be ready to move yet. What do you think about that deal? Both future first. Westbrook for DDR and Vucevic. I, I think really quick, I, I like the players who are getting back in return, right? DeMar is obviously incredible. Vucevic next to AD would be a very interesting fit. Uh, it, it's a good and bad ways, obviously. Like offensively, that's low-key, very, very scary. You have a big that can suck mm -hmm. out um, and like keep a defense honest. And now AD ideally – idealistically, would have uh, more room to operate in the low posts and, and near the basket. But, like, people last year were very irate that the Lakers couldn't get DeMar DeRozan, in large parts because of how well he played. And I'm just not one to believe that DeMar would have played that well next to LeBron and AD. And now you're throwing in, De in uh, Nikola Vucevic as well. Like, it feels like another one of those, like, yeah, Cool, you, you got the big shiny names, but now Demar's on a contract. How many more years is he? He's expiring. A few more years. Vucevic is expiring. Um, let me pull up DeRozan. DeRozan is this year and next year. He's under contract for twenty eight point six million. Vucevic twenty two million this year, expiring. So if you were going to use him as a long term fit, you'd have to give him a new deal this summer. I I, I don't know, man. You you basically have to sell. Me me on you think you're going to get that version of DeMar DeRozan because Vucevic isn't enough like Vucevic is cool but you have to sell me on you're getting all NBA caliber DeMar DeRozan next to LeBron and AD not all NBA caliber DeMar DeRozan by himself we know what DeMar can do by himself but as a third option it, it as a guy who is not a floor spacer can't shoot a three ball that well. They're going to leave him open too, same way they leave Russ open from three. Now, granted, DeMar can just take a dribble in and knock down a mid range. So, I mean, he's, he's a quality way. mid range shooter. Like, you're you're begging right. Russell Westbrook to take 15 footers. If you do that against DeMar DeRozan, that's 
instant death. I mean, you, he, he's money right. from the mid range. So that's a, that's a problem there, but you're right. I mean, he's not, he's not the three point shooter that you're looking for. He's not the, the big three and D wing defender that you're really looking for. But right. in terms of talent, I think sure. you've checked that box. If, if the swap is Russ for those two players to where you're getting back a pretty good amount of, of just pure talent, even if the fit isn't perfect. Right. But they, haven't we learned our lesson already? Like in, in scenarios like this, just like, Go no, draft, we haven't. <laughs> like draft wise, sure, talent over fit, ages figure the fit part out later. Sure. But with trades, and for the most part, free agency, unless it's Kevin Durant, go go fit over talent for the most part, right? Like it's better, more so trades rather. Free agency, I guess you can kind of just figure it out too. But like, gosh, man, Rob, <laughs> go get some fit. There's well, and here's the thing though, that's that's also easier said than done. What sure. what big switchy wing that can shoot threes and defend multiple positions is out there on the market right now? There's there's not a lot because yeah, everybody's yeah. looking for these guys. Yeah, you're talking Kyle Kuzma, that's that's about it. That's I mean, there's not a whole lot of those guys that are out there. Maybe some other names pop up on the market, like Jay Crowder is a name that the Lakers were connected to at one point as well, having interest in. I don't know how they work something out with the Suns there, but um what they need it's what even even teams that have those things want more right like you can't have enough of these big three and d wing defenders because it's a guards league right <laughs> which was rob Polinka's infamous quote before the season look i understand what he's saying but the lakers need three and d wing defenders and derozan vucevic they're they're not that but the talent upgrade is also significant like i think the lakers would be a better team if you do this deal, I don't know if the, if the fit is perfect enough to propel you to a championship, though. The only way I could even like 5% understand where Rob was thinking with that quote is like if his point is like how many high level elite guards there are. Sure. But even then, like you don't have any of those guards on your team. Yeah. Yep. And we're seeing too often the Lakers are playing undersized. And that's been a problem for them as well. And which is why, you know, fans are looking at a guy like Kyle Kuzma, who, I mean, the Lakers already had, but looking at a guy like him and saying, yeah, that's what the team needs. They need another big, probably a couple more big wings. Can they find those guys? Um, all right. Let's see here. So just to kind of wrap all this up, that's all the intel that's out there at the moment. Uh, again, the Lakers are connected to basically everybody from Jay Crowder to DeMar DeRozan to, Bogdanovich to Pertle to Fournier to Reddish to every name that's out there. Uh, Sadiq Bey, uh, I've seen rumblings with him, throw him into the mix with the Pistons and all of that. Um, what is it that you're that you're hoping to see here from, from the Lakers? Like, is it the deal's got to get done soon? Is it they're going to hit a home run trade? Is it just please don't get fleeced? What, what are you hoping for that's still realistic? Making a trade within reason that optimizes Anthony Davis playing at a top six level and LeBron still being pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. Big emphasis, like a, a decent trade. Like I'm not saying go make go make a trade just for the sake of making a trade. Like, oh, here, Pistons, here's two unprotected first-round picks for Bogdanovich just because we desperately need a wing. Like, no, that's ridiculous and – there might be another uh, fake protest outside of crypto.com arena if that were to happen. But like making a deal that shows there's a sense of urgency 
Because, like, again, we were talking about heading into the year, like, you don't want to waste another one of LeBron's great years. And I say LeBron hasn't been, uh, especially at times this year, spectacular. And over the last 10 games or so, especially got back from the injury and really healing up, he's been really good. Had some had some moments here and there where it's been spotty. But for the most part, it's been really good. And AD, now we're saying, hey, don't waste Anthony yeah. Davis. Like, don't waste – because you – we saw like how elite that bubble world was and like you and maybe it's the part that we went two years like wanting to see that guy again and now that guy is back not willing to waste that so um, make a deal within reason that optimizes a top six Anthony Davis and LeBron being a top 10 to 12 player still I think and maybe this is asking for too much I want to see a plan I want to get a sense that, there, that, 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 that there's a plan, right? That there's like there's some artistry to the way you put a team together. I want to get a sense that there's a plan for what it is that they're trying to do. And it's not just reactionary, you know, like you said earlier, shiny objects. Ooh, those are talented. Let's go get those guys. And that makes a big splash and put them all together. And hopefully it works, right? I, I want to feel like there's a legitimate plan where there's the coaching staff is in unison with the front office and we want to do these things on the floor and these players will help us do those things. And you figure out a way to make a deal work. You put the pieces together and off you go. Um, again, it's asking for a lot, but you look at when the Lakers traded for Pau Gasol, that wasn't just a talent situation. That was a, this guy fits an immediate need and you saw it the second he stepped on the floor. I mean, without even really having much in the way of practice with the team, he steps on the floor and instantly just fits because that was what they needed. There was a plan to go out and get that. And they they executed. They went out and they got it done. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see some type of a cohesive plan. Again, doesn't have to be the instant synergy that we saw from the 2020 championship team. Doesn't have to be the instant just fit between Kobe and Powell, right? That's, that's asking for too much. But I want to get a sense that there is a real forward-thinking plan that they execute here on the trade market and that's that's what i'm hoping for am i crazy sean is that too much yeah i'm about to say like who who do you think we are trevor the miami heat the golden state well like who who do you think this front office is um oh, a uh, little bit of, of this is very minor news here but the lakers just announced that they have recalled max christie from the south bay lakers they sent him down there uh he played with south bay and put up 24 points on nine of 13 shooting six for nine from three with nine boards and an assist in, in South Bay. So he will be available for the Lakers uh, against Denver. Doesn't mean he's going to get on the floor, but just a little bit of news that just popped up. Heck yeah, Max. But no, like to your point, I will give the Lakers front office some credit. And maybe it's just the fact that I think Darvin and Rob are kind of a little bit more of a synergy than Frank and, and, and Rob were. Mm-hmm. But I do think there was kind of a plan with some of these guys they brought in. Like you could see the plan, like it, you can at least like think it out a little bit. Like they're playing with Lonnie Walker coming. Like why they grabbed Lonnie? Why sure. they grabbed Troy Brown? Why they even grabbed like Thomas t- to a certain extent and and Dennis Schroeder? Like you see the plan for those four guys specifically. Some of these other guys are like I don't know what we're doing, but um, yeah, I, I do think the plan and and have knowing their role, like, especially with Lonnie and with Dennis, especially. Like I feel like day one, you you knew okay, the Lakers had a set plan in mind for a couple of these guys. So that, I think that's a good one. Yeah. And, you know, I think part of their plan in the off season was we're going to move Russ sooner rather than later. Yeah. And so that's part of why everything's an awkward. That's part of why you see this team that's got way too many guards, not enough wings. It's just, it's, it's imbalanced. 
the deal that they thought they were going to make, they just never made. And, and you put some of that on the Lakers for sure, but it's created this, this imbalance. Um, all right, let's get into some of our fan questions and comments coming from our last game, uh, our post game. I won't get through all of them today. We'll put some onto uh, the next day's show because we do have two non-date game days in a row here. But this uh, person, E, said the Lakers are a lottery team and need to trade AD. I think AD's play this season has made it more clear that they aren't going to trade him, that they're going to hang on to him and perhaps build around him even post-LeBron. Now that AD has really, he's taken over as the guy on this team. That's not a knock on LeBron, but I don't see the Lakers trading AD based on the way he's playing right now. Yeah, in the offseason, we were saying, you know, to the eight trade AD crowd, uh, you're selling incredibly low, if not mm-hmm. the lowest. You'd be selling at your highest, arguably, right now. So uh, for the trade AD crowd, there you go. Your argument is, hey, you're selling high. You're selling high AD now. It, uh, it would take AD saying, I'm fed up. I want yeah. out. That that type of like nu- nuclear event to happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. This game, All Elite Lake Show said this game is proof we need a trade. You know, Just that was one, one thing coming out of the, the post-game interviews was there were a number of players who said, yeah, you know, we're not we're not far off or we think we can do uh, paraphrasing, but we think we can do something with this team. And, you know, they talk about how they you know, you almost beat you beat one of the top teams in the East. You almost beat the other one. You beat the Bucks. You fall to the, uh, the Celtics. You, you, then you look at this, talk about self-inflicted wounds. You gave away wins against the Pacers, the Celtics and the 76ers. You win those three games and we're, we're talking about an above 500 team right now. So there's some optimism that, hey, this team is better than what the record shows. And I don't, I'm not saying this, like people say we need a trade. I don't say that necessarily out of frustration. I say that as they're showing that there's something here. This is not a lost cause. That's, that's the way I'm seeing this. Yeah. Just a couple of quick points to add. You left out like three or four games, by the way, like the Blazers game earlier in the year, Clippers game, even at the beginning of the season. And by game gave away those games, like they just like on the silver platter. You know what? I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of full. You know, you guys can can finish my plate for me. Like there you go. Um, yeah, like and again, that game was the game that you thought we needed a trade in. I mean, from personal experience, but like knowing, like I feel like you can tell. Well, like you can do something really, really cool. You just right there. That's the most like optimistic feeling but it's the most frustrating feeling at the same time sure. knowing you're right there but yeah yeah I, I do think so i think the lakers are right there and that's why like stuff like this like yeah they they need a trade because yeah. this isn't a bad team uh mom mentality if only we played like we did in the fourth from the start <laughs> don't like the slow starts trevor also russ fell for the shooting bait cost us the game shaking my head yeah, so we talked on yesterday's show all about Russ taking the bait. Uh, Keith Smith talked about how the Celtics clear, clearly strategized, like how can we get Russ to shoot, and they did, um, and he took the bait and he took the shots. Uh, but played like we did from the fourth. Part of that was the Celtics cooperated in that and that they were they took their foot off the gas too, and they did that slow it down thing that I hate, that the Lakers then turned around and did when they got a lead and let the Celtics back, back into the game. But this team is having struggles in the first quarter of games does a change need to be made in the starting five at this point 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, I mean, I've been saying it for a while, honestly. By a change of starting five, are we like thinking in unison here? Lonnie, Austin, Troy, LeBron, AD. Because I feel like that's the best lineup they have that we've just like seen. I feel I haven't looked at the stats or anything. We've seen it sparingly this season. Um, yeah. I mean, Look, Pat knocked. I still think there's got to be some positive regression coming for Patrick Beverly's three point shooting, but even and he's been good. The numbers say he's been good defensively, and we've seen him do some good things there. But he also blew two wide open layups. Um, he's just been such a drain offensively that that you get off to a slow start, and then you're spending the game digging yourself out of a hole. I'm not saying Patrick Beverly is the entire problem with that, but I do think you just you need to come out with a more balanced lineup than than a backcourt of Patrick Beverly and Dennis Schroeder. I, I just don't, it's just not working. The numbers say he's been good defensively. Imagine how good he'd be if you actually use him the right way defensively. That Then you're talking about an all-NBA defender. Wait, you mean he's not supposed to be defending 6-8 forwards? I, 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 don't think, I, I don't think he should be defending Jason Tatum. <laughs> huh, that sounds weird. Oh, my goodness. I felt bad for Kendrick Nunn during that game. I don't know what the – they. You know, Keith added in that, well, you know, the Celtics, they 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 have had some trouble with quick guards defending Jason Tatum. That's been a little bit of a problem for him. But still, when the Lakers, like, that's not even nice to Kendrick Nunn to ask Kendrick Nunn to defend Jason Tatum. And he just got torched immediately. I'm like, what, what made them think this was a great idea? I know there weren't a lot of options, but, man, it was like Kendrick Nunn just got got uh, got hung out to dry on that on that uh, assignment. So, People are frustrated with him, but I I wasn't frustrated with him on that situation. I thought, oh my gosh, what are the Lakers doing to this poor guy? Yeah, that's uh, that one's on Darwin. But again, like to Keith's point, like Kendrick isn't even a quick guard, so like I don't even understand the thought process behind that one. Mm, that was disastrous. Um, this one said, "We always lose close games." WTF, man, no one is clutch. Well, there's going to be a clutch award now in the NBA. Apparently, no Lakers going to get that award, but. Um, is that what, I mean, this team just, it's got a habit of falling apart, uh, late. In fact, uh, David McMenamin had a, a stat that the Lakers have given up multiple, I think two games this season they've lost in which they were leading by 10 or more with five minutes to play or less. The entire NBA has had the, the 29 other teams have done that twice. And the Lakers have done that twice this season. I, I don't want this to sound bad, but it's going to sound bad. You, you kind of take on the identity of your coach. And Darwin has not done a great job in clutch situations and in, in close games. Specific, I mean, maybe besides that box game, but like in terms of mainly the play calling. The play calling in close games with Darwin Ham has been atrocious. Like, when you look at back at the Celtics game, you run a set late in the game. Oh my god, it worked. When you just let them do whatever and let them freelance down the stretch, i.e., you know, game on the line, 15 seconds. I understand I why he didn't call a timeout. You allow boss's defense to get set up. 
But if that's what you're going to do, just call timeout, advance it down the court, mm-hmm. draw something up. Because when Darwin draws sets up, oh, my God, he's actually really, really good if you haven't heard. But you're, t- you're talking about the final possession where LeBron took a going to his left, stepping away three, right? right? It's a, yeah. and, and missed to send the game in overtime. Yeah, and I'm not even mad per se LeBron. More mad at Darwin for the play calling in general because – like when people say Lakers don't run plays, they run plays. It's just when Darwin actually calls them. When he calls them, they work more times than not. But that is the biggest frustration piece is the fourth quarter. Darwin forgets that, hey, I can still call plays and still run stuff. The fourth quarter doesn't mean, all right, here we go. Just run ISO the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm trying to remember clock. How much time was on the clock when the Lakers first got the ball there? 15 um, seconds. It was 15. They had 15 seconds. Okay. So they had plenty of time. I, I don't recall. Did And they had a timeout. I, I haven't gone back to, I, I have not subjected myself to that. So I haven't gone back to look. <laughs> I have subjected myself. But if I recall, I could be wrong. Somebody correct me in the comments. I'm looking at now. Jason Tatum hits the shot with 17 seconds left. Okay. So you had, left. so the idea, if you're seeing, now look, you may want to try to catch them on the fly or whatever, right. but he's off of a made basket. And Jason Tatum kind of was down on an island by himself and hit a turnaround. So you're not going to, it's not like you're going to catch the Celtics defense in transition. Call timeout. But, and then put what? LeBron, AD, Lonnie, Reeves, right? Your guys that can knock in a three and at least space the floor a little bit. Put that group on the floor. Uh, I'm talking about not Russ because they're going to beg him to shoot. Right. Um, and then just go pick and roll Anthony Davis and LeBron James and live with the results. Right. Like what, I would rather do do that than, okay, let's ISO LeBron and take a fadeaway three-pointer, which I he doesn't make very often well, right. when, yeah, in, in, the, in these situations. So and like, I, I understand the benefits of not calling the timeout, but, but like the point you just mentioned, like it's not like you're going to catch the Celtics defense slipping or whatever. It was, it was like Boston ran a ton of actions mm-hmm. there, and like they had, they had a bunch of people near the near the board, so you might be able to get a leak out opportunity. Like it was just Tatum one on one, Tatum in a tough shot. Guys got back, so you were gonna like they were, you were gonna face a set defense anyway, which is what happened. Like you said, call timeout, change the lineup for this play, and then actually run something. Because again, when you run something, Darvin, it more often than not works. So yeah, yep. Well, part of that is being a new head coach too, and so hopefully those are things that'll get um, get refined. Jake Goldman not happy with Darvin Ham calling him Sham. This was preventable. Sham chose to keep Russ in. Russ did some really good things for the Lakers in that game, but he also made some critical errors, particularly in overtime, uh, taking the bait of shooting those jumpers. Uh, those were brutal, but he wasn't the only one. LeBron was shooting three pointers. AD even was taking a three. It was it was it was the 76ers game all over again. They they did the exact same stuff. Offense stagnated, chucking threes. It's pretty gross. Pretty gross. Um, Joel Hernandez. Crazy what happens when Ham plays the lineup with length. Trade Pat Bev. Yeah, Darvin Ham kept the entire unit on the floor for the whole fourth quarter. LeBron AD, Reeves, Troy Brown, uh, and Russ. So you actually had Reeves and Troy Brown out there to add some size. Um, and it which I know like part of it is the opponents, the Celtics, you need size against them, but part of it is they just they looked more like a balanced actual basketball team. Not to say it was perfect, but I mean 
This is this is why we've been saying this team needs a trade because you have to have some size on the wings. Yeah, and and Reeves, I know like there's some people saying Reeves is getting cooked down the stretch. Reeves for like eighty five percent in that game was brilliant mm-hmm. on, on both ends. He had had a couple of really nice plays on on the offensive end. Was for the most part really really good guarding Tatum, especially in the third and fourth quarter. Then Tatum got going again and. That was all she wrote. But, um, yeah, crazy what happens when you have some balance on the floor instead of playing five guards or four guards or whatever. All right, let's do one more here. Oh, this one we won't spend a lot of time. I remember Pat Bev missed two wide-open layups. Unfortunately, I do remember that. He hit a couple of threes, and I was like, okay, here it is. Pat Bev regression game. He's going to knock in some threes for the team. And then he just completely blew uh, some wide-open layups. That that definitely hurt. You know, You know my thoughts. Every time you miss a layup, you're giving up either a three or a dunk on the other end. Uh, because it's going to be a five-on-four break at, at, the, at least. And uh, that really hurt. Uh, Zach Mustafa said, Master Lock AD's free throw shooting. Doesn't matter how many free throws you make if you can't make them when it counts. Great to see you joining. Keith was on the show. Said, great to see you joining, Keith, but F Boston. Um, yeah, look, that's this is the hard part, right? We're talking about four free throw attempts for Anthony Davis. He made one of them in two critical games, right? The 76ers and, and the Celtics. He went one for four in crunch time in those games. That's a tiny four shots is a tiny sample size for a guy that's been like an 83% free, uh, free throw shooter. And I'm worried that this is going to turn into an, an a C AD doesn't make the shots when they matter type thing. Yeah. And I, cause I'm not ready to go there yet because it's only, it, we're seriously talking about four shots. That's, that's it. We're talking about four shots right now. And if he makes two of the four, then you're looking at at least one win, right? Yeah. And then there's not as much of a thing going on here. So I don't know. That's I, I know people are frustrated with him. AD is frustrated with himself. Yes, he should knock those down. Yes, he's a better shooter than this. Yeah, that's all true. But I'm not ready to create this whole AD isn't clutch narrative. And not that this is an excuse for AD. I'm pretty sure I saw this on, on social media. AD did not get a break in the second right. half. He legit played the entire the second entire half. Game. Yep. And you saw, I think it was the timeout before like the, the end of the game. I think it was the timeout. And you just like, saw and it was going into overhype. You just saw how winded AD was. Like and I get it. To his credit, he said, it wasn't fatigue. I was fine. No excuses. I missed the shot. You know, he, sure. he didn't want to lean on that, but he was, you know, clearly tired. Yeah. Um, and I don't care what anybody says, if he's a professional athlete or not. Like, dude, like you played three, you played what, 24 minutes nonstop, no break. Like, that's something you do in a game seven of a play or an elimination game of a playoff series. Not what is a game, what, 27 or whatever of the regular season. So, I mean, I get it. AD missed th- three big free throws, two last night, and then one in that Philly game. Like you mentioned, if he makes if he goes three for four, right? Like let's say he just makes one last night, he hits both against Philly. That's two wins. I don't want this to distract from how brilliant AD has been. Um, really being like the biggest reason why arguably like he, the Lakers have looked so good recently. And take away from the fact that he's been a top six player this season. Um, so sucks he missed the free throws, but don't take this away from how good he's been. Yeah, hopefully ne- next time around he will knock them down all right we're gonna uh i'll get to the rest of the super chat questions on tomorrow's show we're gonna wrap things up here appreciate everybody for joining us 
Uh, we'll be back with a new Lakers Nation podcast tomorrow. We'll see if anything, anything fun happens on the trade market now that we've hit December 15th. And, of course, you know we'll be right here bringing you all the news, all the latest. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. We'll keep you up to date with everything. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com